Thanks for tuning in to Freedom House Podcast. We're always encouraged to know God is working through this church as we change our world one life at a time. We'd love to stay connected with you by following us on social media at Freedom House OC, as well as our YouTube channel. Let's listen in on today's message. every confusing thought, everything that would come against you and what you're rebuilding, what God is restoring, what God is bringing revival to has to bow at the feet of Jesus here tonight. Come on, somebody give him a louder praise than that in your living room, at your kitchen table. Some of y'all are in a patio right now with a fire, watching, TV, watching our, our YouTube and our Facebook channel. Give him a shout of praise like you know that he is still the king of Kings, come on again. My name is Pastor Brian, your Costa Mesa campus pastor, and I am accompanied by my beautiful wife here tonight, uh, Alyssa Flores. And we're so honored to be with you guys here tonight uh, to be able to get back to our, our our study of the Book of Galatians here on our Wednesday nights. We've had, you know, the start of 2021 has just been powerful. We had our revival nights, um, and we've been going through the Book of Nehemiah. And Pastor's just been imparting Pastor Sai and. And, and, our, and our guests who are not really guests, their family, Pastor Obed and Pastor Benny, they've, they've really imparted, you know, what it is to rebuild, what it is to restore, what it is to, to, to revive. And, and, and we've just been soaking all of that teaching up, all of that prayer up, all of that worship up. Um, but tonight we're, we're going to be pivoting back to where we left off in 2020 uh, with uh, our study through the book of Galatians. And so we're so glad that you're here with us tonight. We want to honor our pastors, our lead pastors, Pastor Sai, Pastor Marie Silva. They've been running so hard, um, you know, leading the way for all, with, with all of us, imparting this word and, and, and reviving faith in all of us and, and keeping our, our focus on, on the rebuilding process that is taking place. So we honor them here tonight. We honor them and, and thank them for allowing us and entrusting us really with this opportunity and responsibility um, to be able to lead you in, in tonight's study and we also honor our boys and, and our daughter Hope who's at home with their Nini and with Auntie Lainey tonight. Thank you guys for releasing yes. us. Be good please. Be good. <laughs> yeah be she said be good. So make make sure you behave yourselves. Yes. They love getting shout out. All of them love getting getting talked about on TV so they're watching us on TV. We love you guys. We'll be home in a little bit. Um, but make sure you're in bed by the time we get home. Okay just letting you know. <laughs> Um, but without further ado, we're going to jump right in. Let us open up in prayer. We're going to jump into the scriptures here tonight. Um, and I believe we're going to see uh, God continue to guide us through this book of Galatians um, as we, we continue the rebuilding process as a church, as a family, as a community, um, and as a nation. So let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord. We thank you for tonight, God. We pray that you would just direct us tonight. Lord, you would direct our, our, our conversation here. You would direct our thoughts. Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit would speak profoundly, insightfully, powerfully, Lord God, to every heart and to every mind, Lord God. I pray that, that your blessing would be upon families as they rebuild. Your blessing would be upon marriages as they rebuild, upon children, upon communities, upon schools, upon businesses, Lord. And I pray that you would guide our conversation and continue the rebuilding through our teaching here tonight. In Jesus' mighty name, somebody say amen. amen. Well, if you're standing, grab a seat. We're going to grab a seat because we're standing and we're going to jump right into the scriptures here this evening. And we're picking up where we left off and uh, we, we've jumped into the book of Galatians and Pastor Lou and his wife, Tina, and Pastor Tom and his wife, Jessica, 
And then uh, we also, I think we were the last ones to, to leave off on our study of the book of Galatians. And uh, Galatians is, for those of you that don't know, the book of Galatians is a letter by the Apostle Paul, okay? And he is writing to the church in Galatia, which is one of the first churches that he planted. Where's all my Bible college students at? We just talked about this Galatian letter last night in our Bible college. We're in week two of Bible college. And man, we got like 95 students. We got some in person, some online through Zoom. And it has been an incredible time. And so this, this church in Galatia is one of the first churches that Paul planted. And one of the important aspects of it is majority, if not all of the members of this church are not of Jewish descent, meaning they didn't grow up in Jewish households. They, they, they didn't grow up with the Torah, which was the Old Testament, the, the word of God. And so they, they received Jesus for the first time. And now that they're trying to learn all of these things. So these are like baby Christians right now. They're trying to learn what it is to follow Jesus, what it is to be saved, um, how they're supposed to act, how they're supposed to talk, how they're supposed to do all of these things. And, and a lot of what happens here is as Paul plants the church and then Paul goes on to go visit other cities, then you get all these other people that start to come in and they try to, to supersede or, or try to add on to the teaching that Paul had already established. Um, and they do so but by trying to undermine Paul's teaching, saying, oh, well, don't listen to that guy. He does, he's not teaching you the whole truth. You need, you, need to, you need to act more holy and act more righteous than what you're doing because if you don't act holy and act righteous, then you're not really saved. God, God's, God's blessing is not really on you. And so Paul has to write this letter to remind them of, of what it was that they received. Not so much of the person of Paul, but what it was that they received in the Holy Spirit, the experience that they had, the freedom that comes through their faith. Um, and that's where we're picking it up here tonight in Galatians chapter two. And she's laughing at me because I did a whole lot of talking right a there. A lot of talking. <laughs> I'm a Bible college teacher. What, what, what can you expect? But so we're going to jump in. We're going to pick it up here. Galatians chapter two, verse 15. <clears throat> and Paul, Paul writes and he says, we ourselves are Jews by birth and not Gentile sinners. Yet we know that a person is not justified by works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. So we also have believed in Christ Jesus in order to be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law. Because by the works of the law, no one will be justified. But if in our endeavor to be justified in Christ, we too were found to be sinners, in Christ, or sorry, we too were found to be sinners. Is Christ then a servant of sin? Certainly not, Paul says, for if I rebuild what I have, what I tore down, I prove myself to be a transgressor. For through the law, I died to the law so that I might live to God. Verse 20, I have been crucified with Christ. Somebody say that, I have been crucified with Christ. My past has been crucified with Christ. My past ideologies have been crucified with Christ. My past sins have been crucified with Christ. My past desires have been crucified with Christ. Mm. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not nullify the grace of God for if righteousness were through the law, then Christ died for no purpose. That was a mouthful. Honey, tell us what it all means. I'm just kidding. 
Just threw her off Funny right there. Guy. See, she got a little nervous. Heart started beating a little bit faster. <laughs> uh, but we're going to go back to verse 15. I wanted to give you full context there of what the passage says. Um, but in verse 15, it says, we ourselves are Jews by birth and not Gentile sinners. Verse 16, yet we know that a person is not justified by works of the law, but through faith in Christ Jesus. And so Paul is reassuring the people. He's like, look, I'm a Jew by descent. I was born into it. I was raised into it. I was taught the letter of the law. And I can tell you firsthand that all of my acts that I did, all of the steps that I took, all of the time that I spent studying, none of that stuff saved me. Mm. That is not why I've been justified. That is not why I, I can live guilt-free. That is not why my heavenly father accepts me as a son. It had nothing to do with the acts that were taking place. It says, but I've been justified by faith alone. What does it mean to be justified? Well, to be justified means to be removed of the penalty of which our sin requires. So for instance, I'll give you an example. You're speeding on the freeway, which none of you guys ever do. And, and a cop pulls you over. He says, you know what? You're speeding. I got to give you the speeding ticket. He gives you a speeding ticket. You say, you know what? I'm going to go show up in court. You show up in court and the judge says, you know what? I'm going to forgive you. You don't got to do any community service. You don't got to pay any fine. It's not going to go on your record. It's going to, we're going to pretend like it never happened. And you walk out of there like, man, I got, I got released from the penalty. That is what Jesus does. When we talk about justification, that is what Jesus does for our sin. Is when we say, Jesus, we believe in you, as the Bible tells Romans 10, 9, is that we confess you and we believe in our heart that you are our Lord and Savior. He wipes away all of the penalty that we owe him because of our sin. That no longer do, are, are we, do we have to pay anything? No longer, when Jesus went to the cross, that is what he paid for, for our past and future sins. That if we would come to Jesus and repent and say, Father, forgive me, that he is faithful to, re to forgive us. That is what it means to be justified. But these religious people that were coming into the church and trying to overstep Paul's teaching and try to bring confusion to the people of the church were telling them that they had to watch their every step, that they had to, that if they, that if they made one wrong step, that they were in sin and they were no longer justified. They were no longer in God's good graces and that, that this whole grace thing that, that, they, that they need to be mindful of how they lived their life. Um, and because if, if they weren't, then, then they were going to bring disgrace upon themselves um, and they just didn't want to, they could not comprehend this grace issue. And so essentially what they wanted the people to do is they wanted to make, they wanted their actions to lead their faith. Hmm. But faith without actions is dead, not actions without faith. So the faith has to come first. If we lead with actions, it's almost like we're, we're, we're going through the motions because there are plenty of people um, and I was one of them at one point in my life where you can do all the right things, you can say all the right things, but not have the right heart. Right. I would show up to church every Sunday, but I was just going through the motions. I was just checking off a box to say, okay, I did my task for this week. Um, and my heart wasn't in it. And we have four children yeah. that can sometimes tend to go through the motions. Honey, why don't you yeah. let people know how our 
how our oldest has been going through the motions <laughs> as of recent. As of recently. So our oldest son right now is into like MMA, karate and all that stuff. Yeah. So um, we signed him up with a trainer, which is my brother-in-law. And I took him on Monday and he was showing my son Uriah, sorry, name dropping, Uriah, um, how to do certain punches and kicks and moves, where to plant your feet, where to shift your weight so when you punch, you punch with more power. And so when it comes time for Uriah to do it, it's this, <laughs> you know, and he's kicking and it's very sloppy and he's just going through the motions and there's no power behind it. And, you know, as we're reading this and as we're, we're, we're conversating here, yeah. it reminds me just of our own spiritual walks yeah. that we can have all the right techniques, all the right foundations, all the right tools but when there's no heart behind it, there's no power behind it. So, so when Uriah punches and he has no heart behind it, guess what? There's no power in it. Right. And, you know, when there's no, no heart behind it, then our prayers don't have that power yeah. in it that God has, has uh, given us that authority yeah. with. You know, our worship won't have that much power in it because we're going through the motions. And I'm also, you know, being convicted as well of, you know, it's January 2021, and, you know, I signed up to, to do a workout, and I'm going through the motions. And if I'm not giving 100% at those workouts, there's not going to be any progress. There's not going to be any shifting. And, again, like our spiritual walk, if we don't put our heart in it, there's no shift changing. There's yeah. no transformation taking change yeah. um, being made. So where there is no heart, there's no power. Yeah, and so it starts with your heart. And so Paul is not necessarily saying that your actions don't matter, but what he's saying is it's gotta be faith first. Yeah. And if it's faith first, then that's what saves you. And the evidence of your faith is gonna be your actions following suit. Right. Your actions are what would be considered a trailing indicator. For those of you that are into analyzing numbers <laughs> and, and tracking certain things, you know that as you track things, there are certain indicators that let you know if things are going in the right direction. Well, the actions is actually gonna be the trailing indicator. Right. Your faith is gonna be what comes first. Your heart is gonna be what leads first. And so Paul is trying to get them to realize like, like look, it starts with the heart. Mm -hmm. And Paul is telling them like, look, I grew up in Judaism and my forefathers and all the people that came before us they, they, they would do the right thing, but their heart wasn't necessarily in it. Yeah. And so they, they were going through the motions. They were going through the motions in the wilderness. And what should have taken them 12 days took them 40 years. That's what going through the motion looks like. Well, but, but, but pastor, I came to church on Sunday. That's great. But did you Participate. worship him with your heart? Well, I, was, I, was, I lifted my hands during worship. Okay, but... Were you attentive? Were you, were you giving him your attention and giving him your focus when you were there? And, and oftentimes as, as we go through these motions where, as I mentioned, I went through those motions where you show up to church, you check it off the box, you get in the car, and all of a sudden you're a completely different person. Right. And especially for, for those of us that are parents, okay? For those of us that are parents and we're imparting these things into our children, we can do, if we're honest with ourselves, parents can do a great job at, at telling our children what to do, but not demonstrating what That's to do. Good. And what we end up doing is we teach our children how to go through the motions because we go through the motions and we attend church, but then we go home 
and everything that was talked about in church and everything that we proclaimed while we were in the building, we're no longer proclaiming in the home. And so what we do then is now we have children who are, are growing up and they're going into junior high and they're going into high school and they're dealing with relational issues and, and, and they're being faced with, with insecurity and they're being faced with drugs and alcohol and sex and pornography. And our children only know how to go through the motions. Mm. So now there's no power behind their prayers. Now there's no power behind their, their, the authority that Christ freely gives us when we give him our faith and we give him our entire heart. We have to be men and women that don't just go through the motions, but we have to be men and women that say, no, we are going to lead from our heart. And when we lead with our heart and with our faith, then our actions are going to follow suit. And that is how we're going to leave the greatest impression on our children, on our family members, on our friends, on all of those that are around us. But it has to start here in our heart first. And when you start with the heart, then you'll begin to see the fruit of the spirit come out of you. You begin to see that joy come out of you, that self-control come out of you, that kindness, that gentleness. You'll see the faithfulness come out of you where you, you're, you don't miss a Sunday and you don't miss a Sunday because you simply want to check it off your box. You don't miss a Sunday because your heart wants to be in the house of God 24 seven. Yeah, and I, I believe that when you, when you lead with your heart and, and you give God your everything, it's organic, yeah. you know, and it's attractive yeah. and not the type of attractive of like, Hey honey, you're hot, you know, but hey. I mean, you are, but, <laughs> but you know what I mean? It's, it's attractive in the, in the sense of, I want to be a part of that too. Yeah. You know, I want to, I want to build the kingdom alongside yeah. you too. I want to, I want what you have that relationship yeah. with God. And, you know, for us personally, my nephew has been going to church with us for this past month on his own free will. He yeah. just says, I want to go. And, and again, it's not, he's not going because we're telling him. We're not, he's not going because. We're not getting him any special treats. Any special treats. Not, no, not us. Um, but he wants to go and, and, and he's now being able to experience God in a way where um, he's never been seen before. We've never been taught like that before. Yeah. So he, you know, God's got a, a hold on his heart. Why? Because by our examples, by those that are around him as well, that it makes it attractive. It makes yeah. it, I want to be a part of that. And when you give God your all and you serve out of a pure heart, even when the world and, and naysayers may say something different about you, yeah. you hold on to God's promises and he's going to get you through anything, yeah. anything. And um, again, when you serve God wholeheartedly, it's attractive. And trust me, there's people out there who need Jesus. There's people out there who need you to serve wholeheartedly because they need their eternity shifted. They need to be introduced to the good news. Yeah, and, and, and I love how you said that it's attractive because it's not like attractive like, oh, it always looks cool, yeah. but it's attractive and your heart is in it. There's passion in it that no matter what the circumstance is, you're, you stay full of faith because you know the God that you serve. Yes. Um, and and that, that is what is going to be your greatest evangelistic tool is not necessarily how you look or how much money you have or, or, or how much Bible scripture you know, but it's gonna be when things get rough, when obstacles uh, come in front of you, is that because you're full of faith and you're leading from the heart, you know who your God is. And yes. so your actions aren't gonna change based upon the circumstance because mm. your actions aren't the leading indicator, your heart and your faith are. Good. And so as we continue here uh, in... 
this in Galatians chapter two. That was verse 16. So we are also <laughs> believed in Christ Jesus in order to be justified by faith in Christ and not by works of the law because by works of the law alone, no one will be justified. And that's um, exactly what Paul is trying to teach the Gentiles. He's like, look, we've had the law for years and years and years, and we still continue to fall back into the same trap. We continue to fall back into the same patterns. We continue to fall back into the same sin. It wasn't until God gave us, until Jesus came and gave us this grace. Jesus came and gave us his spirit that now we have the power to overcome sin. Our actions in and of itself can't overcome sin. But when we have a heart that is fully surrendered and fully devoted and we are full of faith, then the Holy Spirit is moving through us. Then we are justified then we have the ability and the power to overcome sin. In verse 17, it says, but, somebody say, but. But. If in our endeavor to be justified in Christ, we too were found to be sinners, is Christ then a servant of sin? Somebody say, certainly not. Certainly not. And so what was happening now is because these people were being taught to live by faith, now they got this religious people coming in. They're like, well, you're supposed to be living by faith, but now you messed up. Well, now you got to start from the beginning. And they were beginning to believe this, that, that yeah, like, man, we're, we want so bad to be like Christ. But when we mess up, okay, then, then that shame and that guilt comes back because now they feel like, well, well, if, if I've been doing my best to follow Jesus and I ended up sinning, then maybe Jesus is the one that, that, is, that, is, that is causing this sin mm. to happen in me. And Paul says, certainly not. Okay, Jesus is not making this sin take place. That's still a part of your humanity. Right. He gives us that grace and he gives us the Holy Spirit to overcome that sin. But our, our flesh is still battling against the spirit of God that is inside of us. And so he's saying, look, if you fall short, if you sin, that doesn't mean you got to start over. And, and so many times, especially in young believers, they start coming to church. And, 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 and they receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior and, and they begin to walk in this faith. And then the enemy pokes his head into a situation. The enemy rears his head in, in, in a relationship. And, and, and now that, that young believer, and I say that young believer because that was me at one point, you, you find yourself where it's like, man, I was trying, I was doing good. I, I was good for, for two weeks. I was good for the first month. And now, now I've fallen off. Now I've got to start all the way back at the beginning. No, that's not true. Yeah. The Bible tells us that, that his mercy is renewed each and every day. That if you would confess your sins one to another, that you shall be forgiven. And that doesn't mean you have to go back to the starting point. That just means that you get back up and keep going. The Bible says that the righteous fall seven times, but they get back up. That no matter how good you do, that no matter how many steps you take forward, if you were to fall off, all you got to do is get back. Yeah, and that's why connect groups are so important. Because at connect groups, that's where you build relationship, yep. you build accountability, yep. you, have, you surround yourself with people who are going to help you get back yeah. up. They're not going to beat you down. They're going to be the ones to encourage you, to remind you that God has forgiven you, that he's gone to that cross and for you. Yeah. And it's important to make sure that, that we, one confess those things to people that we know want to point us in the right directions, that have our good intentions in mind. Not our cousin who's going to say, here, just have another drink. Yeah. Here, have yeah. Another, yeah. another puff of this. Yeah. So it's very important to get connected in a yeah. connect group and, and 
build life together. And that's yeah. one thing, you know, I'm thankful for the, the relationships that I, since we've been at Freedom House, yeah. the number one thing I've always felt I've been a part of is family here at yeah. Freedom House. And family, we, we go through the good, we go through the bad, we go through the ugly, we laugh, we cry, we do it all together. Yeah. But knowing that there's a, a strong support system here yeah. at Freedom House that, that's going to love you, that wants to see the best in you, that knows that you have a future, that there's a, a call that's going to remind you yeah. of, of when you're not acting uh, uh, the way yeah. that you should be. So that's why it's so important, so important to get connected. Yeah, and, and at Connect Groups, you're going to, again, it's not just about meeting perfect people. Right. You're going to find people that, that have been in your situation before that have fallen. But they just like they had people to help them get back up, they're going to be there to help you get back up and say, hey, let's go. Let's keep, keep going. going. Now is not the time to give up. God is, Jesus is, is, not, is not causing you to sin, but he is faithful to continue to give you grace so that you can continue going yes. forward. This walk with God and just because you live full of faith, it doesn't mean you're going to be perfect. There's going to be times when, when we all make mistakes, when yeah. we all mess up. And that's the perfect opportunity for us to admit it, to ask for forgiveness from our Heavenly Father, ask for, to forgiveness, ask for forgiveness from our peers and continue to walk forward and continue to grow in our relationship with God. But these religious people that were coming in and trying to overthrow Paul's teaching they interpreted grace as a get out of jail free card. Mm. So grace to them was, well, you can believe in Jesus and you could, you could have God's blessing and then you could just live however you want. And, and Paul is telling them that is not who Jesus is and that is not what his grace is for. And he continues on here in verse, uh, verse 18, he says, for if I rebuild what I tore down, through the, uh, if, I, if I rebuild what I tore down, I prove myself to be a transgressor. And he's saying, look, Jesus tore down the attack of the enemy. He tore down guilt. He tore down shame. He tore down condemnation. Why then would he then cause his people to sin? Jesus is not causing his people to sin. It's this flesh. Yes. It's, this, it's this, this body. It's the sin that is in this world that we have not 100% overcome, but we have the spirit of God to guide us so that we could continue to get better and continue to be perfected, but not be perfect. Um, that, that we are battling against each and every day. And that's where Connect Groups comes, comes into play. That's where being a part of the dream team comes into play. Those of you that are, that are attending, uh, attending in-person services, jump on the dream team. The yes. dream team is where you're gonna find that accountability. It's where you're gonna find people to, to pour into your life, to encourage you, to strengthen you, to share that scripture when you're having a bad day, to share that reminder when you're having a good day, <laughs> to, 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 to rejoice in the blessing with you. Um, and so being a part of the dream team, getting connected to your, your ministry lead and your ministry director is also an important part of continuing to grow in your walk with God. So um, if you're not serving, get to Growth Track. If you've already been through Growth Track, I mean, get a part of, a, of one of our dream teams. So those of you that you're, you're online only right now, be a part of our online dream team right now. Help others come to know Christ. We've seen so many people over the past 12 months come to know Christ through our online campus, through yes. our online campus. We had somebody share a testimony last week on our online campus of how, how they desperately needed Jesus during that season, during the last 12 months, during this COVID season, and, and they found Jesus through our online campus, through Facebook, 
um, their, their grandson was born about a month ago and they named him after Pastor Josiah because they were just so grateful of the heart of our house. And you're all a part of that. All of you that are tuning in online, all of our online campus team that has served faithfully over the last 12 months, you're all a part of helping that family find Jesus over these last 12 months. So if you're online only right now, don't think that, you, that you don't, there's not an opportunity to serve. You can serve, you can be a part of our team. You know what, right now just say, hey, I wanna serve on the online dream team and our online team will, will put a link in there. They'll connect with you and they'll show you how you can get connected with our online dream team. Um, as we continue reading, uh, verse 19, it says, for through the law, I died to the law so that I might live to God. Verse 20, I have been crucified with Christ it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. In the life I now live in the flesh, I live by, by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. That means that now that we, for those of us who have confessed Jesus as our Lord and Savior, it is no longer our desires that we live for but it's God's desires. Yeah. No longer is, is it just our dreams and our goals, but it's God, whatever you wanna do through me. That's what a fully surrendered life looks like. God, whatever you wanna do through me. You know, I had that moment for myself when I was in college. I grew up and I just so desperately wanted to, to be in sports, whether it was playing and being an athlete or if it was being a journalist or being an analyst and just being able to talk about sports. Uh, I, I'm known as the sports guy here in our office team. But, but that was what I just, I desperately just wanted to spend the rest of my life just, just consumed with sports. Um, but when I had that, that coming to Jesus moment where I, I, I fully surrendered my life and I said, you know what, God, I'm going to give everything to you. Um, my desires for my life was one of those things. Now, that doesn't mean that I no longer like sports or no longer love sports or pay attention to sports, but it just meant that I had to pivot. It meant that, I had to, that, that, the, that the, the purpose that God had for my life was far greater than the desires that I had for my own life. Yeah. And, and for all of us, is, there's going to be some certain things that we have to, we have to shift our perspective on, that, that God is not about me no more. It's not about my desires, but it's about your desires. And the God that we serve, okay, your heavenly father, he is faithful. He is gentle. He knows the desires of your heart. He knows the passions that you have. He knows the goals that you have. And when you say, God, come and use me, take my whole heart, He'll come in and, and he'll use you and he'll bring your desires into that fold and into that mix as well. But it starts with saying, God, not my will, but your will. No longer my desires, but your desires. No longer just my thoughts, but your thoughts. No longer if it, if it makes sense to me, but God, is it what you want for my life. And when you begin to make decisions, not based out of your own feelings, not based out of your own emotions, but based upon the, the purpose, the destiny, and the desires that Christ has for us, then that's going to make a lot of the, that's going to change a lot of the decisions that we make. It's going to change the way that we love our spouse. It's going to change the way that we, that we raise our children. It's going to change the way that, that we operate in the workplace. And now you see how when you say, God, take my heart, mm -hmm. your actions come into alignment mm -hmm. with your spirit and with your faith. In verse 21, um, out of the New Living Translation, I love the way that, that it reads here. It says, I do not treat the grace of God as meaningless. For if keeping the law could make us right with God, then there was no need for Christ to die. 
And so Paul kind of gives us this, this full picture here of what it means to live for Jesus, that it's not all about your works. Mm -hmm. It's about faith. But at the same time, your works do matter. How you operate, how you live, how you speak, how you act, how you treat people, those things matter. However, grace is not meaningless. So in your, in your, in your pursuit of becoming more like Jesus, we cannot forget the grace of God that gives us the ability and gives us the strength to live like Jesus. And so he says that grace is, is what is needed each and every day. Yeah. It, it's that grace that gives us his spirit. That when we wake up, we say, okay, God, this is what, this is, this is what we're gonna do, God. We're, we're gonna get into prayer. And it's those prayers. It's that time in his word. It's that time in worship that then help our actions align and help our actions follow suit with our faith. So he says, do not treat the grace of God as meaningless for if keeping the law could make us right with God, then there would be no need for Christ to die. But the truth is, is that Jesus died so that we can live for him. Jesus died so that we could live for him. He died so that every day we could get up and say, God, today I'm gonna follow you more closely. Today, my life is gonna mirror your life a little bit more clearly. Today, I'm gonna be used by you. Today, Lord God, I'm going to surrender my will, my emotions, my desires. I am going to, to, to give it all to you. And when you do that, like my wife said earlier, it makes it attractive. And now those, those nieces and nephews in your life, those, those brothers and sisters in your life, those friends in your life, those people in your life that have been watching from a distance, they're gonna say, man, I've been watching him. I've been watching her. I've been seeing the way that, 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 that her language has changed, that her actions have changed. I see this, this faith talk. And at first I thought she was just kind of talking gibberish or kind of <laughs> just kind of saying the right things. But now I see how that language is, is affecting her actions. It's affecting the way that she, that she interacts with her spouse, that she interacts with her husband, that he interacts with his wife. I see how, it, how it's changed the way that they interact with their children and they begin to see the fruit now. They begin to see the fruit of your faith. Yes. But neither one is absent of the other. Like James said, faith without works is dead. Okay? It's not the other way around. It's not action without faith is dead. It's faith. It's faith without action is dead. So as we operate in faith and our actions accompany it, we're gonna see God come to life in our marriages. We're gonna see God come to life in our families. We're gonna see God come to life in our communities. That's how we're gonna see God continue to rebuild, continue to restore and revive. I love revive because revive is not just make it how it was. So many times, so many of us, we've said one time or another, I know I'm guilty of it. I just want things to go back to normal. Yeah. Revival is not about things going back to the way they used to be. Revival is saying, God, let me make it, is God saying, I'm going to make it better than it ever was. And that's what we believe. We believe that God wants to make it better than it ever was. He wants to make your family better than it ever was. Your marriage better than it ever was. Your children better than they ever were. Your community better than it ever was. Your business better than it ever was. Your future. All of those things. God says, the, the plans that I have for you, okay, you cannot you cannot even dream of them. And I wanna bring that into your life, but it starts with us living this life in faith, living this life wholeheartedly, fully surrendered, um, 
for Jesus, yeah. for Christ, and allowing him to take over. Amen. Honey, what do you think yeah. about? Um, there's just so much we covered, but yeah. I think for me, one of the biggest things is living a, a, a life of just all in. You've done, you've done the partying, you've done the drinking, you've done the sleeping around, you've yeah. done X, Y, and Z. You've done it all, but have you given God a chance? Wow. If you find yourself chasing your tail like a dog, like, okay, I keep landing myself in the same situation, something needs to change. So why not give God your all? Why not go all in? And, you know, for me as a mom, I'm not going to be half mom, half friend. No, I'm going to be all mom because if I do that, I bring confusion to my kids. Just as a Christian, if I'm half in and I don't go full heartedly, I'm going to bring confusion to my sphere, to the, to the, the, you know, the people that I'm influencing. And I don't want to live like that. I don't want to live a complacent life. I don't want to live a life where I'm just going through the motions. I'm going to live all in, fully surrendered, with passion, and be okay if people tell me, call me Bible thumper. If people make fun of us because we're loud and we're passionate, that's okay because we are wholeheartedly surrendered and in love with God. And I am so thankful, like so thankful, we don't live in the in that time to where, you know, the, the law during that law, because I know I would probably have to do like so many things just to get approval and that, you know, Jesus broke that for me. And I'm so thankful, just like he broke that for you. You don't have to do standards. You don't have to go and confess 10, a hundred times to a person. Jesus tore that veil so you could live in, in a life of just fulfillment, of joy. And, you know, why not give God a, a, a chance? Why not go all in? Yeah, and that's, that's what Paul talks about here in, in verse 19. He says, for I might, he says, for through the law, I died to the law so that I might live to God. In other words, Paul's saying, look, I, I died to living to other people's expectations. I died living to how other yeah. people, I died living to how other people thought I should live my life or I died living to how other people thought I should make certain decisions. I died according to how, how I died to the thought of having to live so that other people will be pleased with me mm. so that people I might live to God. That when you lay down and, and, and you, you get rid of the distractions and, and you tear down the expectations that other people have for you, that of what you think that, that a Christian should look like or should talk like or should act like, and you just say, God, here I am, that is when you're going to find that true, that true, true life, is when you say, no longer, no longer are the expectations gonna have the best of me, no longer am I going to, to, to live according to other people's standards, I am going to live to the standard of Jesus and that is saved by faith, saved through grace, by faith only. And I know that when I live by faith under his grace, that the actions are gonna follow and that that is gonna be my justification. That my faith that I live with is gonna be what what other people are gonna see and they're gonna know that I am a son and that I am a daughter of Jesus. It's not gonna be because of the clothes that I wear. It's not gonna be because the type of, of words that I use. It's not gonna be because I got the, the Christian radio station as the first <laughs> preset on my radio. But it's gonna be by the faith that they see me live with. 
It's yeah. going to be by the fruit of the spirit that they see come out of me, that, that gentleness, the love, the kindness, the faithfulness, the joy. When they see those things, yeah. then they're going to know yeah. that I have, that, that Jesus has redeemed my life, that I don't live under guilt anymore, that I don't live under condemnation anymore, that he and he only through faith has justified me. He's wiped away all of the guilt. He's wiped away all of the penalty that, that, were due, that was due from us yeah. and said, you are my son and my daughter with whom I am well pleased. And it is by faith only. And when you place God first in everything, you're gonna see that God will open up doors that no man can, can open or close. God is going to bless you beyond your means. And you know, God isn't a, a transactional God. If I do this, then God's gonna do this. No, when, uh, like we've been talking about, it starts with your heart. And when you place God first, you're gonna see that, that, that promotion that you applied for, that you are definitely not qualified for, God's gonna qualify you. When you put that application so in for a house that, so they're, that you barely even meet like what they're asking for, God's gonna, for yeah. whatever reason, say, I want, uh, that owner's gonna be like, I want that family. Yeah. Yeah. Those are just small little blessings that God can do. But when you place him first and you do it with a authentic heart, yes. a heart that doesn't have any intentions behind it, no. other than I just want you. Yeah. I just want you, God. Just want you, Lord. Just and just watch what he'll do. Yeah. Well, let us pray. Come on, let's stand, honey. Wherever you're at right now, um, I know it's, it's one thing to talk about grace and it's, another, it's one thing to talk about justify, being justified and God wiping away the shame and the guilt. But the truth is, is for so many believers out there, and maybe, maybe that's you tonight, is you so desperately just want to be able to live in that freedom. The freedom from your past, away from your past sins, from your past mistakes from the freedom of living for the expectations of other people, the expectations that, that maybe your, your parents or your grandparents or somebody that you went to church with a while back that said you're not a real believer because you don't do X, Y, and Z. Jesus says the mark of a true believer is a surrendered heart. Yes. The mark of, of, a, of a true believer is a repentant heart that says, Jesus, I know that I've, I've messed up. Jesus, I know that I fall short each and every day. But would you see this heart? Would you see this repentant heart today? And would you know that, God, we just want you tonight. God, we just want to be refreshed tonight. We just want your spirit. We don't want to go back to the same mess. We don't want to continue the same patterns. We want the freedom that we know can only come yes. from your presence. So right now, we pray for every heart right now. We pray for every person that's logged in, that's tuned in, that's maybe listening to this um, on, on, our, on the replay, on our, on our podcast or on our YouTube channel, on our Facebook page, that, that it, your past does not define you. Your past does not define you. It is Jesus who defines your future. All you gotta do is come before him. He is a loving God. He is not angry. Okay? He is not, he is not, he is not chasing you to punish you. He is chasing you to remind you that you are loved, that you're his son, that you're his daughter, that there is purpose for your life, and that there is nothing that can separate you from the love of yes. God. So right where you're at right now, just receive that love, receive that peace, 
receive that joy because that is what he paid the price on that cross for. Yes. That is why he, 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 he was nailed to that cross. It's why he, he was buried. And it is most importantly why he rose again so that you would no longer have to live in condemnation, so that you would no longer have to live in guilt, so that you would no longer have to live tied to your past, but you could live in freedom Yes. as a new creation, as Paul would say in 2 Corinthians, that you are a new creation in His love, in His mercy, yes. and in His grace. So would you receive that right now, right where you're at as we worship Jesus? Would you receive that peace? Would you receive that love? And would you receive that grace? Come on, in Jesus' name, let's sing this out tonight, church. Thanks for joining us today. We pray you were encouraged by this message. Show us your support by sharing your favorite podcast on social media and subscribe to our YouTube channel at Freedom House OC today. See you next week.